Today on the Rochester Rundown, we'll bring you a conversation. In the wake of Mayo Clinic's announcement that it will commit $100 million over 10 years to address health disparities and advance equity and inclusion on its campuses, we were able to chat with the chair of Mayo Clinic practice about the reasoning behind the announcement and the ways the clinic sees the money affecting the practice and the community. Highlights from that conversation coming up in a bit, plus a farewell to two downtown Rochester businesses, and a recap of the mayor's appearance on national television. I'm Isaac James. It's Friday, July 31st, 2020, and let's get to the news. The clinic's announcement of the $100 million commitment came Wednesday as the doors of the Plummer Building were shut for just the 11th time in recorded history to close the door on racism. A majority of the commitment is slated to go towards recruitment of diverse physicians, nurses, supervisors, and even clinical trial participants, with various other pursuits noted as well. Check out our story on the website with a full list of programs. The following audio clips are extended highlights taken from my interview with Roshi Didaban, chair of Mayo Clinic Practice and a sitting member of Mayo's Board of Governors. Commitment now. Why was it important for the clinic to go through with this right now? Um, thank you for that question. I... I think what we realized with what happened with George Floyd and really the reaction we saw across the nation is that although historically Mayo Clinic has been highly committed to diversity and inclusion and really finding ways to ensure that both our staff and our patients were diverse, that this was really um, an important moment for us to recognize that we needed to make a significant shift and we needed to make this one of our critical uh, strategic priorities as we move forward. Um, as stated earlier, the majority of the $100 million commitment is earmarked for recruiting purposes, bringing in new employees from underrepresented groups. After getting feedback from current employees and taking an honest look at the current state of the clinic, Dita Bond says Mayo still has a ways to go to meet their diversity goals. Yeah, I do think that we recognize that our um, organizations are not as diverse as we would like them to be. We would really, um, at the outset of this, we want the distribution of our uh, staff and the diversity of our staff to mirror our communities, to mirror the nation. Um, The other thing we recognize that we're, we're going to focus on and address is not just ensuring that we have a diverse workforce, but that we're creating opportunities and equity in allowing people to have an entire career at Mayo Clinic and also develop in such a way that allows them to take, um, you know, to see a kind of transition in their career and a growth in the organization over time. While the clinic has been able to bring in top physicians of all races and origins, Mayo's senior leadership is still nearly all white. Dietabon says the clinic will work to change that over the coming years, mainly by looking within. How do we make sure that we're developing our staff in a way that they are highly competitive for those roles? And so I think the first step is making sure we have a diverse employee group. The second Mm -hmm. step is ensuring we're providing those opportunities, education, career development that's going to be aligned with having everyone be highly competitive for leadership roles. But we absolutely recognize that we have opportunities within our senior leadership to create diversity. Mm -hmm. The monetary commitment will be spread over the next decade, but Dietabon says the organizational commitment to minimizing and eliminating health disparities will not necessarily end in 2030. Yes, it is a 10-year commitment. 
Um, and we know that it's not only a 10-year commitment. We know that this is a transformation of our organization, um, but, but it is a 10-year commitment with $100 million, but we know it'll go much beyond that. Yes. Before our news recaps, a quick check of Olmstead County's COVID-19 numbers. Public Health reported 105 new cases of the virus last week, slightly down from the previous report of 111. After peaking in early July, seven-day rolling average numbers have been in consistent decline for two weeks, currently sitting at an average of 15, down from 25 on July 6th. Public Health called this decline encouraging, but says it will continue to monitor the situation closely. Public health officials could not say with confidence that the decline in rolling averages was directly influenced by city and state mask mandates. They say it's still a bit early to measure the mandate's full effects. The county's weekly COVID-19 report comes out every Wednesday. We have a link to their dashboard under the local news tab on the site. Now, a look at the top stories from the week that was on our website, medcitybeats.com. Two businesses in downtown Rochester announced their closures earlier this week. The Loop served its final meal on Monday, and Primp Boutique will shut its doors for the last time at 6 o'clock Friday. Representatives from both businesses cited COVID-19 as a major factor behind their closure, as well as construction headaches around the downtown area, leading people to avoid their shops. Mayor Kim Norton had a few minutes in the national spotlight this week, appearing on the lunchtime edition of ABC's Good Morning America on Tuesday. The mayor touched on Rochester's COVID-19 response, most notably compliance with city and state mask mandates. Norton estimated Rochester's residents are at roughly 85 to 90 percent compliance right now. Finally, if you're looking to swim at Cascade Lake, hold off for now. Rochester Parks and Recreation found elevated levels of E. coli in the water and closed the beach on Wednesday. Park officials said bacteria like E. coli can reach high levels as a result of excessive rainfall, wildlife, and extreme heat in shallow bodies of water like Cascade Lake. The next round of testing will be done on Monday. And that is where we'll leave the show for this week. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, the best way to support MedCityBeat is to become a member. Be a part of quality local journalism at medcitybeat.com slash membership. I'm Isaac Janes for MedCityBeat. Have a great weekend. Go listen to that new Loudmouth Brass record coming out today, and I'll talk to you next Friday.